Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study. Glad you've joined us from wherever you are, whatever time of the day it might be. It's 8.30 a.m. Central Time here in Queen City, Texas, right here in my office. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm glad that you have a heart for God's Word. Grab your Bible. Let's get excited. Let's, let's dive in God's Word this morning and learn the truth of His Word, for that is what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us, the person and the work of Christ, for that is the truth. That's what He wants to reveal in God's Word. That's, that's, that's the truth that Jesus said He would lead us in. And it's also the only thing that God works in. The Bible tells us that in Psalms 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth. Truth is a man named Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Therefore, when our faith is in Christ, we're born again. When our faith remains in Christ, we live as though we're born again by that power of the Holy Spirit who's able to legally carry out within our lives the manifestation of that which Christ legally finished at the cross. And that's what we're doing in our Bible studies, our worship services here at Crossway Church. We're learning the wisdom of the cross of Christ throughout all the Bible, for that is, in essence, what the Bible is about. The context of the entirety of the Bible is the righteousness of God. God says that all His words are in righteousness in Proverbs 8 and 8. And Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 tell us that God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith. Amen. Think about that. From faith to faith. Because those who are just live by faith unto faith. That means faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. And when we're hearing the Word of God in its proper context, which means in the person and the work of Christ at Calvary, and you say, well, how does that relate to the Apostle Paul and the letters to Timothy and the church in Ephesus and all that when that's really about church government and how to take care of widows? The purpose for it is to be able to express Christ in the church. And the only way that can happen is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, who legally, here comes the word, is allowed by us to work within us and through us if our faith remains in that legal work Christ carried out for us at the cross. And, and, and you've heard me say it for 15 years. I won't stop saying it because of some that will. But when we move our faith from the cross, then we move ourselves into a place where the sin nature begins to dominate and we're oppressed again. Great message yesterday, by the way, preached here at Crossway Church. You can view it at the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. I pray that you will. It was part three of a message entitled Far From Oppression. Oh my goodness, we need to hear it. Chapter 12 of the book of Romans, Paul writing to the church in Rome and says here in verse 1, I told you, I told you uh, the last session, there's too much here to cover in one half hour, maybe too much here to cover in another half hour because there is a lot to talk about in this first verse. Paul uh, says, I beseech you, I urge you, I beg of you, I plead with you, brothers, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. 
The result of that is the experience of holiness. And we know that because as we've studied Romans chapter 6, which has already been written about in this same letter, the only avenue of holiness is righteousness. And the only avenue of righteousness is through the cross, faith in the cross. So we've got that in our position. And and this is what is in the mind of the church in its position, and, and correctly so. We are righteous, just, and holy in Christ who is at the right hand of the Father, and we are in Him justified, righteous, and holy. That's our position. But what is written here is so that our condition, our expression... Uh, the way God finds us now while we live here on this earth, which is of utmost importance to Him and should be to you and me. That's what these letters are for. That's what the New Testament writings are for uh, outside of the revelation of Jesus as the Son of God who became the Lamb of God to take away our sin. Uh, then the directions, instructions, corrections, everything that's in the New Testament is so that we will walk uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. That means that we might we have to be told. You can't go chasing after all these false things. You have to stay the course on the only avenue, the only path that allows us to experience the fruits of righteousness because only through that experience of the fruits of righteousness can we experience the fruit of holiness. And without that, my friends, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says that the Lord cannot be seen. The church can be seen. All its form can be seen. All what its money has bought can be seen. But unless holiness is seen, the Lord cannot be seen. He's seen in holiness. And holiness, again, forget don't forget your position because you have to know that to have the confidence to walk in your condition and to carry out the plan of God. The Bible says in Romans 8, 4, let's look back at this. We have to do this sometimes. Tells us that Jesus had to come and condemn sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us when we walk not after the... When we walk, condition, experience, life, behavior, actions... Come on now, somebody. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us when we walk not after the flesh, works under law but after the Spirit, which means we're trusting exclusively in Christ and what He did at Calvary. I hope you're getting that. I hope you understand that. Most don't. Most are still rejecting that. We've still got men who who, who think the power uh, that we're looking for, for what the world needs and the power that we need for deliverance is in Pentecost. It ain't never been there. It ain't never going to be there. Pentecost is for the power of the Holy Spirit for ministry, but get this, if you don't know the avenue through which God's grace functions in your life, you need to read the book of Galatians and get back to reality and let go of what your grandma and grandpa taught you and down through your family lineage. The Bible says that the preaching of the cross is the power of God. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
and you've got men, you've got men that are renowned in our day and time. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm blown away that they're even around people who preach this message, but they've made a conscious decision and choice not to go this way. They see those that are controlled by men and money and position have to keep preaching what got them that fame, money, and position. Men who find themselves broken before the cross. I'm not talking some 30-minute segment and then you get up and talk about it. I'm talking about it's, some, it's, a, it's the way of God that you begin to go. And without presenting your body as a living sacrifice, a sacrifice, living a life of sacrifice, Offering the sacrifice of praise, turning the other cheek, going the extra mile, making the sacrifice, which can only happen through faith in the sacrificial work of Christ. Let me say something this morning. There's a lot of Christians who are having to work to try to love each other, work to turn the other. It's, 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 it's work to, to, to have to do all the... Listen, when our faith is in a finished work, the Holy Spirit carries out this sacrificial living through us. We can't do it without Him. But the power is in the preaching of the cross. Yes, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit works exclusively within the perimeters of that legal work of Christ so that he can, nobody's ever gotten saved without believing in the cross. Nobody's ever lived in victory. Let's move their faith away from the cross. Nobody. It's an impossibility even if there's a, a picture and some kind of outward form of victory. It doesn't matter what men think. It matters to what, as to what God sees. And God sees when I'm not trusting in Christ, I'm not presenting my body as a living sacrifice because when I'm not trusting in what he did at Calvary, there is no avenue of righteousness in its experience for me. And if there is no avenue of the experience of righteousness, there is no avenue of presenting myself wholly before God in my experience. And I'm not acceptable. We need to go back and read Galatians chapter 2. And, and let me say something about this too. Paul was very respectful of the apostles and the disciples when he would go back to Jerusalem. He was very cautious. He did not want to uh, lose the ground that he'd walked. He did not want what he had uh, been called to do to be counted in vain. And he was very careful around the apostles, James and Peter and the other apostles when he, would, when he was in Jerusalem. But there came a time... Hear me now. We, we've skipped over this. We've not seen it. There came a time when Paul would be found writing letters to the church in Galatia and other churches. Now, these apostles, these disciples, they knew about these letters. They knew what these letters said. There, my point is there came a time when Paul had to say what had to be said even if he talked about some of the others to help make his point about grace over law and other points that he would make concerning the power being in the way of the cross and coming to the conclusion that he only boasts in the cross, that he's determined to know nothing other than the way of the cross. And he, and he made that known. These other men who walked with Christ finally one day had to read about that, had, had to see that, had to, had to know that, had to be hearing other people talk about Paul. 
And in Galatians chapter 2, when Paul is telling the church in Galatia a story about what happened in Antioch with Peter when Peter stepped into the role of a hypocrite. Know this, it's very important. Peter remained righteous before God in Christ in his position, but his presentation before God, this, presenting his body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, he moved away from that. Even though he was righteous in Christ, the fruit, his behavior, he wasn't presenting himself as that in that moment and had to be rebuked by Paul. And when you read the second chapter of Galatians, oh, this is so important. Paul said, "When I saw, but when I saw, See, this is, what, this is what the church doesn't like. Well, who, who, see, you guys think you're the only ones that can see this stuff. That, those people who say that today, my friends, who are talking behind these preachers of the cross, talking behind their backs, listen, they're the same people. Had they lived in that day, they'd have been doing it to Paul. Paul preached a narrow way. When you say, I'm determined to know nothing else, you preach a narrow way. When you say God forbids that there be any boasting except in the cross, you're not going to make it in today's church. So the people who are slamming the preachers who preach this narrow gospel, they would have done the same thing to Paul because in their scholarly elevated hearts and minds, they're beyond correction. They're beyond... They, they think that they lead the pack. And I'm talking about many men. They lead the pack. They could never learn from someone who's learned from them. They could never be corrected by someone who they have corrected in the past. We need to pay attention. This, this is the story of Paul and the apostles. It's a story of what's going on today. It's the truth that matters. And Paul said this in Galatians chapter 2, and we'll get back to our, our verse today. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, which means the way, the presentation that they were manifesting I had to step in. I had to say something. So that's what makes many people mad today, especially those that preach law or especially those that uh, really they began preaching this message, but now there's a, a mixture among them, and that's very dangerous. But Paul said, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, which is the only way this can happen in that the mercies of God are only experienced through faith in the cross of Christ. For what was the mercy seat in the old covenant took place in the new covenant through the blood of Jesus. What he did at Calvary, Jesus said, the new covenant is in my blood. Hallelujah. So that's the only avenue of the mercies of God. We, can, we don't... We don't experience the mercies of God daily because we say they're new and tender every morning. We experience the mercies of God when our faith is in what God did in Christ to be merciful in manifestation to us.
Let's talk about that for a minute, the manifestation versus the works that were finished from the foundation of the world. The Bible says the Lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? And why did Jesus have to show up some 4,000 years later and carry it out if, the, if he was already slain? God's talking about in his blueprint, in his mind, in his plan, the way God sees everything today throughout all eternity as finished. Everything is already finished to him, but I praise his holy name because he gets involved. Jesus had to be born by a virgin and carry out the, all the prophecies concerning him and manifest what the Bible says as the works were finished from the foundation of the world in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 3. Jesus had to carry that out. In all the days of his life, he walked as the crucified lamb. He walked as the resurrection. He told Martha, he said, Look, I know you're looking for the coming resurrection, but I am the resurrection. If he was the resurrection before he was resurrected, listen, he was also the slain lamb before he was slain. And he lived his life in that context. And you and I are told to follow in those footsteps to present our bodies alive. Jesus was sacrificed on our behalf for us. And that old man, the, 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 the sin nature, that, that old man, the, the last Adam, Jesus represented us so well that we were crucified with him, the apostle Paul says in Romans 6 and Galatians 2 and verse 20. We were crucified with him. We were put to death. We were, Jesus was sacrificed for us. And in that sacrifice for us, that representation was so perfect of us as the last Adam that all who believe in him were crucified with him. It's like the first Adam. All humanity is in the first Adam because we all came out of his loins. And when he became a sinner, we all became sinners. When our trust and faith is in Christ and what he did at the cross, then we're out of Adam and in the last Adam, Christ, and, and we're forgiven and just and righteous and holy. But there's still God, not for a salvation, but the expression of that salvation God is interested in. And I know that you're learning this. And it's not carried out through law. It's carried out by grace, which is the same grace Jesus tasted death by. Hebrews 2, 9, for all men. So he says here, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your own show. You are on show daily to have love one for another, to be forgiving, to be presenting your body as a sacrifice that is alive. I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live, hallelujah, but not I. Christ lives within me. And now this life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans 12, 3 tells us that we'll get to it in a section or two coming that we have been given the measure of the faith of Christ. The measure means portion. We have a portion of the faith, but it's still his faith. The life we live now, quoting Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, the life we live now in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God 
who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what his faith did, and that is what allows us to have a portion of that faith. And faith only works when it comes from that avenue, what he did by that faith at the cross. Hallelujah. So watch this now. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Again, when your faith remains in the sacrifice of Christ, you are presenting your body a living sacrifice. You are not walking after the flesh, but after the Spirit. When you think the answer for victory and deliverance and, and, and uh, uh, anything else is Pentecost and not what Jesus did at Calvary, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit with the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be able to function in and through your life. But hear me today. The power is in the cross. The power, listen, and I'm not going to get into this again, but you better be careful who you're listening to. Jesus taught it. What you hear and how you hear is very important because those who hear correctly, Jesus said, would be given more hearing. That's why those who are stuck in these certain places still thinking the answer is Pentecost and they get excited and they have big excitement uh, 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 services, but then it's over. They're not growing in their illumination of God's Word concerning Christ and His work at Calvary. They just still keep coming back to Pentecost thinking maybe tomorrow will be the day when God moves in Pentecost again. No, God's given us His Spirit He's given us His truth and He's desiring to lead you and to guide you into all truth so that the power of Pentecost can be manifest in and through the truth that you're believing. The truth is a man named Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah. Paul didn't go around preaching what these preachers are preaching today. Paul went around boasting about the cross. Paul went around boasting about the cross. And you know why preachers, one of the reasons they don't today is because they're oppressed. Preached it yesterday. When my faith is not in the cross, the sin nature is revived. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. When I'm trusting in something other than the work Christ provided for me at Calvary, the sin nature that became dormant that my salvation is now alive again, Paul taught it. When sin, the sin nature revived, I died. Well, he didn't physically die, but he was separated from the avenue of grace through which God could work. Think about it. When he's crying out for God to deliver him from the thorn in his flesh, God shows up and tells him, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. It reminded Paul of the cross. What, what do you mean it reminded him of the cross? It just reminded him of grace. It reminded him of the cross because Paul would write, Christ was crucified through weakness. Do you know why? Because God's strength is only made perfect in weakness, and that is what grace is. God's strength being made perfect in weakness. Think about that. This is the only avenue to experience who you are in Christ, which is 
holiness. Romans 6 bears it out well that the only avenue of holiness is righteousness. And the only avenue of experiencing the fruits of righteousness is your faith in what made you righteous and declared you a servant of righteousness. Your faith in that form of doctrine that freed you from sin. That's the message of the cross. So we have a lot of well-spoken orators today who have a certain good look about them. They can speak well. When they're not pointing you to Calvary, they're pointing you to a place of oppression because outside, and that's where I was going, when the sin nature revives because my faith has been moved from the cross to something other and it doesn't matter even if it's in ignorance. The sin nature revives and I begin to walk in oppression again because when I'm having to fake it, and I am when my faith is not in the cross because it's no longer the Spirit of God working, it's my flesh. I'm oppressed. In the flesh, we're an oppressed people. Look at what's going on out in the street today. But be careful with it because there's a lot of oppression in the church pointing out oppression in the streets. Come back to the cross. And the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal the Scriptures to you as the truth, which is the person and the work of Jesus Christ and the power of that name and that work. Man, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. So I beseech you, therefore, brothers, that by the mercy of God you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, I've only got about five minutes less than that left, so I want to talk about this being our reasonable service. If you, if you read this, just... Uh, what's said here without an in-depth study of it, you won't ever get out of it what the Lord really wants you to get out of it in depth. And that's the way the Word of God is. That's why we're told to study the Word of God. Now watch this. This avenue that Paul, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, is writing to this church in Rome, hopefully that you and me one day will get it, today being that day, hallelujah, that we learn how to present our bodies living sacrifices through faith in the cross for it's the only avenue that God can see anything holy. Don't ever forget that. That's acceptable unto God and this is our reasonable, that word means logical, that comes from the, the root word logos, meaning word, the word of God. Listen, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your according to the Word of God service, worship. That's what the word service means, worship. Watch this now. I'm going to read it two or three times. Maybe the Holy Spirit will be able to get it into your heart. I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that means through faith in the cross, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Reckon yourself dead indeed unto sin, the sin nature, but alive unto Christ, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, which is your, according to the Word of God, avenue of worship. See, this confirms what Jesus taught again, that those that worship God must worship Him in spirit. That means the born-again experience. Romans chapter 9 taught us that if, you, if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, that you're in, that, that you're in Him. 
that you're in the Spirit. That's what the, the Bible teaches. We covered that. Go back and read it. But Jesus said, those that worship God must worship Him in spirit. They must be saved. And in truth. That means through faith in the person and the work of Christ. You say, well, we worship God for all the works of His hands. They've all been done by the one who is the truth, Jesus Christ. God, through Jesus Christ, the Word, the living, the Word that became flesh, He created all things, has redeemed all things, will judge all things. Hallelujah. He is the truth. All works that God has ever done has been in truth, in Christ, through Christ, for all things are of Him, from Him, through Him, and to Him, the one who is the truth and who became our truth through what He did at Calvary. Hallelujah. I'm going to read it again because I've got to close. I beseech you, therefore, I beg you, I urge you who watch, quit posting, quit sharing these other things that are ministers who say factual, positive, seeming to be encouraging words, but are not the truth. The power are in the words of truth, the truth of God's word. For centuries, the church has been told God's bigger than your storm. God's bigger than your mess. Nothing's impossible. But bring them to the point, them to the place where God's mercy can allow them to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in presentation, not with form, but in the power of the truth. Hallelujah. Which is our reasonable, our logical our according to the Word of God service, avenue of worship to Him. Look those words up. You'll find it to be true. I challenge you to do it. God bless you. I love you. That's why I'm here sharing His words of great truth and righteousness among those who have ears to hear. Be careful, be careful, be careful because to be deceived is so easy and so subtle. Paul even said, I fear lest you fall back into this subtle deception being removed from the simplicity of Christ. Hallelujah. Be sure and tune in every Monday and Thursday morning live at 8.30 a.m. right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page or the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Pray for us. Sow into the ministry. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. Or you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. Again, I love you. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then. God bless.